More pro-Taiwan legislation is making its way through the U.S. Congress. A Senate committee has passed its version of the 2023 U.S. National Defense Authorization Act, which urges deeper support for Taiwan. The bill notes China's increasing coercive behavior towards Taiwan and says the U.S. should maintain the capacity to counter threats to Taiwan's security. The bill also calls for joint practical training with Taiwan and deeper exchanges between Taiwan and U.S. defense officials. The bill was passed last Thursday and will be sent to the full Senate for consideration. In related news, the U.S. has wrapped up its Valiant Shield exercise in the Indo-Pacific. The 12-day drill was seen as a warning to an increasingly aggressive Beijing. The U.S. has concluded its 12-day Valiant Shield exercise in the Philippine Sea. The drill is seen as a prelude to this month's Rim of the Pacific exercises. It drew extensive coverage by Chinese media. It drew extensive coverage by Chinese media. If there is a crisis along the so-called first island chain from the Taiwan Islands to Okinawa, then how will the U.S. military safely assemble and deploy its forces? How will it draw on its resources along the second island chain for offense and defense? In this year's Valiant Shields, the U.S. integrated its Army, Navy, Air Force and Marine Corps, deploying at least 13,000 personnel, 200 fighter jets and 15 warships. The participants included the USS Abraham Lincoln and the USS Ronald Reagan strike groups. Another was the amphibious assault carrier feared by China, the USS Tripoli, which carries F-35B fighter jets. Through the Valiant Shield exercise, the U.S. made a clear move to counter China and demonstrate its determination and ability to help defend Taiwan. In related news, more pro-Taiwan legislation is making its way through the U.S. Congress. Last Thursday, a U.S. Senate committee passed a version of the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act. The bill notes China's increasingly coercive and aggressive behavior toward Taiwan. It calls on the U.S. to maintain the capacity to resist force or coercion that jeopardizes Taiwan's security. It encourages the Pentagon to use tabletop exercises to inform planning for the Indo-Pacific region, especially with regard to China and Taiwan. It supports arms sales to support Taiwan's self-defense, particularly its asymmetric capabilities. It also calls for the timely review of Taiwan's weapons requests, for joint practical training with Taiwan, for exchanges between Taiwan and U.S. defense officials, and for helping Taiwan strengthen its reserve forces. The U.S. Congress has continued to deepen its support for Taiwan. It's given the executive branch greater authority to provide direct assistance to Taiwan when necessary. It's reacting to U.S. President Joe Biden's recent remarks about how the U.S. will use force, if necessary, to stop military aggression against Taiwan. The scholar says that through military drills and pro-Taiwan legislation, the U.S. has continued to express its support for Taiwan against Beijing. Turning now to Taoyuan, one of the most contested battlegrounds of the local elections. The DPP's Lin Zijian says he'll step down as Xinzhu city mayor in July to focus on the Taoyuan mayoral race. According to DPP polls, Lin holds a commanding lead against his closest opponent, the KMT's Simon Chang. On Tuesday, Lin's two rivals were seen meeting voters and canvassing the streets. Wow, 
Shinju City Mayor Lin Zhijian opened a live stream on Monday after being diagnosed with COVID and entering home care. He told fans that he was alive and well and spoke about his coming campaign for Taoyuan Mayor. The decision to run, frankly speaking, was not so difficult to make. The reason being that when responsibility knocks on your door, you must pluck up the courage to answer. As a member of a party and a member of a team, that's the way it should be. I plan to submit my resignation around the beginning or middle of July. Then I will move my household registration to Taoyuan. I've run in this election myself, so I know the public sentiment in Taoyuan very well. The voters will choose a young mayor who can seamlessly take over the reins of municipal governance. The polls show Mayor Lin leading Simon Chang by a considerable margin. And we've conducted several polls, each showing that his lead is expanding. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenshan was confident that Lin would win Taoyuan for the DPP. Lin's entry in the race has sent his rivals scrambling. On Tuesday, Taiwan People's Party candidate Lai Xiangling went on a bike tour through the city, leading a group of her party's councillor candidates. Lots of political parties are picking candidates who have politics in mind and not the people's interests. They're thinking about 2024, or they're thinking about the political succession. I believe that the people of this city can see right through these political designs. I know we're not polling well right now, but we will keep pushing forward. Meanwhile, KMT candidate Simon Chang shook hands and greeted voters in Yangmei District. With Lin in the running, Zhao Yuan has shaped up as a heated three-way race. Over in Taipei, another heated election showdown is shaping up. So far, only the KMT has declared a candidate for the mayoral race, but that hasn't stopped other potential contenders from proposing policies and trading barbs. Taipei mayoral candidate Jiang Wan'an strikes a pose surrounded by the KMT's councillor candidates. They're here to inject their party with a fresh and youthful image. Today what we're wearing is youthful and casual. Look at what we're wearing and hear our slogans. We are Team Taipei. Jiang is running in the year-end mayoral elections. In a recent policy plank, he called for a house exchange between younger and older adults. The city could move seniors into new apartments with elevators, he said, and then rent out the seniors' old properties to youth at a low price. Responding to Jiang's proposal, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe said he enacted the same policy long ago. As far as I know, no one has applied to participate in the program. This shows that the Taipei city government has not made this policy a priority at all. Ambassador-at-large Lin Jialong, who's seeking the DPP's mayoral nomination in Taipei, also proposed a policy of his own. Every couple gets a subsidy of 120,000 NT dollars upon marriage. If the first child is born within five years, a subsidy of 40,000 NT dollars will be provided. Another subsidy of 40,000 NT dollars will be provided if a second child is born. How will this plan be funded? What are the details of that policy? And how feasible is it? These are all questions for Minister Lin to answer. If her salary is still 20,000 NT dollars or 30,000 NT dollars a month, she's not going to have children. Giving away money is so easy, but while it's easy to have children, 
it's not so easy to raise them. Barbs were exchanged across political lines. So far, only one candidate has officially entered Taipei's mayoral race, but a war of words is already underway. Taiwan plans to build a national sports science center to support athlete training. On Tuesday, Premier Su Tintang went to Kaohsiung to inaugurate a preparatory office for the new facility. He said Taiwan was determined to support its athletes. He also called on lawmakers to ratify his cabinet's national sports science bill to establish a legal basis for the new center. The sports science center will help athletes apply sports physiology, nutritional science, and technology to their training. After a one-year hiatus due to the pandemic, the EVA Air Marathon will return on October 23rd. Runners will have a chance to win flight tickets. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. The EVA Air Marathon is back after being suspended last year due to the epidemic. Runners can participate in several categories, including a 42-kilometer full marathon, a 21-kilometer half marathon, a 10-kilometer race, and a 3-kilometer race. We held the first EVA Air Marathon in 2019. It started with a half marathon, and now two years later, we're finally adding a full marathon. We've integrated the marathon into the cityscape. During the race, runners will see some of Taipei City's most famous attractions. Runners have a chance to win flight tickets to Europe, the U.S., Australia, and Asia. With the world gradually reopening to tourists, EVA Air is adding more flights for the weeks ahead. The CECC commander noted that overseas tours might get the green light in September, so we've been making plans and increasing flights for June and July, mainly on the North America and Southeast Asia routes. Starting in July, there will be more flights on European routes, mainly between Bangkok and Europe. Thailand and most countries in Europe have basically reopened already, so there is a strong tourism demand there. As for Northeast Asian routes, we'll have to wait until the travel bans are lifted. Registration for the EVA Air Marathon is open online till July 13th. The marathon will kick off on October 23rd in front of the presidential office building. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lee Han, Taipei. The CECC reported 56,339 local COVID cases on Tuesday. Although the number marked a slight rise from the day before, the CECC said that Taiwan was moving past the peak of its COVID wave. It expects the daily lo local case count to drop below 50,000 this week. The CECC said that on Wednesday, children aged 5 to 11 will start to receive their second dose of Pfizer. Starting June 22nd, Local governments will coordinate with us to gradually offer second doses of Pfizer to young children. However, there must be an interval of four to eight weeks between the first and second doses. Parents can bring their eligible children to designated medical institutions to receive the vaccine. School vaccination is scheduled for late June to early July and will be arranged by schools in cooperation with the Ministry of Education. Today, we will allocate over 500,000 doses that arrived yesterday and we will have some remaining Pfizer vaccines for children for local governments to use as well. In general, minors aged 12 to 17 must wait at least 12 weeks between their first and second doses. However, the CECC says that minors who turn 12 in late June can receive their second dose after four to eight weeks. 
these children will receive the same dose given to children aged 12 and older. Taiwan plans to build a large-scale testing facility for ship models. The Kaohsiung-based site will support the domestic shipbuilding industry by handling experiments that are currently outsourced to foreign labs. It will also support domestic defense projects, paving the way for naval shipbuilding and submarine construction. The project will be carried out by the National Academy of Marine Research and four major universities. President Tsai Ing-wen unveiled a national team for ship model testing on Tuesday. The team includes the National Academy of Marine Research and four Taiwanese universities. Together, they will build a national-level ship model testing site that supports the indigenous shipbuilding industry. To continue refining the technology of Taiwan's shipbuilding industry, we are fully pushing ahead with our indigenous shipbuilding policy. We hope to enhance our indigenous defense capabilities while also advancing Taiwan's shipbuilding industry. Model testing is an extremely important part of indigenous shipbuilding. The National Academy of Marine Research plans to build a testing lab at Xingda Harbor, Kaohsiung, constructing a large ocean-resistant water tank and a cantilevered water tank. By integrating the testing capabilities of the universities, the lab can provide everything needed for specialized ship model tests, which are currently outsourced to foreign labs. The new Kaohsiung lab will pave the way for future national projects in naval shipbuilding and submarine construction. Every ship goes through a process, from design to manufacture to launch. The most important part of that process is ship model testing. We have long had to go abroad for a lot of our experiments, and that makes time management difficult. We have also had issues with the compatibility of other testing sites and with preserving the confidentiality of our designs. The new site will let Taiwan test its ships right at home, bolstering its ability to develop new technologies. Officials say the site will enhance the shipbuilding industry's global competitiveness and help Taiwan advance as a maritime nation. Following its box office-breaking 2019 season at Taipei Arena, the award-winning musical The Lion King is back in Taiwan for a 49-show tour. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang met the cast and crew to find out more. The award-winning Broadway musical The Lion King performed Circle of Life at a press preview in Taipei. The Lion King has performed in over 100 cities across 21 countries. The Broadway show is back in Taiwan for a total of 49 performances. After 20 shows in Taipei, the cast will travel to Kaohsiung to perform at the Weiwuying in July. Anthony Lawrence, who plays Scar, and MK, who plays Mufasa, are both performing in Taiwan for the second time. Here uh, three years ago, 2019, feels like a long time ago. Um, I absolutely loved playing Taipei Arena then, and it's uh, a an absolute honor to be back here again playing this incredible building for thousands of people seeing them every single night here. The audiences in Taipei are amazing. I was so lucky that I get the chance to be here again and also go down to Kaohsiung. I've never been there before, so I'm really looking forward to that. 
and I completely forgot this until the other day when somebody kindly gave me some pineapple cake. That's the best thing about coming back to Taiwan is the pineapple cake. Um, this is my second time as well. We were here in 2019 with uh, Anthony. And yeah, it was really such a great time and I'm so excited to be reliving old memories again. Uh, I do have plans to take some of my new cast members that weren't here last time to on the Keeling tour, uh, waterfall tours, um, don't, going to see the Geo Rocks, uh, the Rock Park, that will be really nice. Uh, and going to Din Tai Fung, yeah, and eating some of the delicious food there. This is my first time here, and I'm having an absolutely amazing time. It's such a beautiful city. The venue is so beautiful, and the audiences have been great so far. So I'm super excited to be here. Um, I've been exploring the city a little bit. I got to go to the top last night for dinner and drinks, and that was fantastic. It's a gorgeous view of the city. The show has a total of 235 costumes and puppets. Omar Rodriguez, the resident director, said Taiwanese audiences can look forward to a unique Broadway experience. There's a surprise for you. Uh, you what the show you will see here is what you would see in Broadway, for example, or the West End. However, uh, this specific production just for Taiwan has some local surprises for, for Taiwanese audiences. I really think that the world after these difficult years that we all lived, uh, the world needs to watch The Lion King because we need to celebrate life. We have a dancer. Um, her name is Yu Ting. She is Taiwanese and she is so excited to be here, to be playing and performing The Lion King at home. So have crew members um, in our puppets departments, in our lighting departments, um, and several other people in our crew that are um, from Taiwan as well. Following its box office breaking 2019 season at Taipei Arena, The Lion King hopes to continue to thrill audiences in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lee Hunt in Taipei. The summer solstice is happening today in Taiwan. That means the sun is at its highest point and the northern hemisphere is at its maximum tilt toward the sun, resulting in the longest day of the year. It also means we're now officially in the summer season. Under the impact of a Pacific high pressure system, Taiwan saw warm temperatures island-wide with highs exceeding 36 degrees in Greater Taipei, Yunling, the East Coast, and the South. Let's hear from a forecaster. This large cloudless area is where we see the impact of the Pacific high pressure system. There are almost no clouds overhead, particularly in Taipei, Yunlin County, Tainan, Kaohsiung, and areas near mountain valleys like the East Rift Valley and the Taidong area. Temperatures may reach 36 degrees or above for several days in a row. In mountainous areas, convective clouds may form in the afternoons. The strengthening and weakening of the Pacific high pressure system, along with the variations in water vapor surrounding Taiwan, will cause these convective cloud systems to move in different directions, resulting in afternoon thunderstorms over different areas. The weather is expected to stay hot over the coming week, with highs reaching around 36 degrees, 
Forecasters say to watch out for sunburn and heat strokes when outdoors. A tropical disturbance may develop next Thursday east of the Philippines, but more observation is needed to determine its impact on Taiwan. A food writer has opened a restaurant in Kaohsiung with a thriving pay-it-forward scheme. Guests are asked if they'd like to buy a meal for someone less privileged. Each meal sponsored by a guest goes to someone in the community who's struggling to make ends meet. The eatery serves classic Taiwanese home-style food with a warm welcome for everyone. Pork belly is slowly marinated to perfection. With a side of pickled daikon, this braised pork rice is enough to whet anyone's appetite. Or you could try this soup, full of nutritious ingredients and love. I think these little lunch boxes can be of some help to people who, because of the pandemic, have lost their jobs or whatever and are finding it hard to make ends meet at the moment. These popsicle sticks each represent one free meal. If one customer donates to the Pay It Forward scheme, another popsicle stick is added to the pile. People who are struggling financially can pick up a stick in the store and give it to the waiter to request a free meal. So far, 1,300 people have gifted a stranger a pay-it-forward meal. I went through a pretty tough period when I was younger. Our farm's crops failed and we had lots of debt. That was really hard. So because I've been through that, now that I have the capacity, I'd like to help our friends who are less privileged. Food writer Ling Yen is best known for sharing her favorite recipes with readers. But now, she's opened her own restaurant and is making it a place where everyone is welcome, regardless of their financial background.